0: Welcome to Logistics Executive TV. I'm Cassandra Lee, Global Managing Partner for the Executive Search and HR Consulting Division. Today, I'm joined by Susan Jorogay, who is the Managing Director of Responsible Business Consulting, and she's also a Senior Associate with the Cambridge Institute for Sustainability Leadership. Susan, welcome to Logistics Executive TV, and thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Cass. It's great to be here. Fantastic. Now, today we can have a discussion about sustainability. So, it's certainly something that we are hearing a lot about within our clients globally. There's lots of different initiatives happening across the, uh, the various continents. Some organizations clearly have a lot more progress than others. You've actually been in the industry working in sustainability for over 20 years and have had an international career working with organizations such as Standard Chartered Bank. Unilever and DHL in sustainability. So we really want to get your insights based on a wealth of experience that you have across the globe to really start to understand what is sustainability, let alone the whole ESG initiatives, you know, what people actually need to be doing, where they need to go, sort of touching on some of those, you know, macro aspects that are happening globally, key initiatives that people might need to do or some certain challenges and, you know, and how people can sort of start to evolve their organisation on the journey. So do you want to sort of like kick off and just give us a bit of an overview? Yes. What is sustainability? Like In what do we really need to be understanding about sustainability and ESG? Okay, great. Thanks, Cass. So maybe
1: I'll just begin by saying sustainability is not so complex. It's the idea that what we're producing and consuming is in balance with our em- environmental needs, and our social well-being. So if you put it as simply as that, that's what sustainability is about, finding that balance where we're not overproducing consuming to the detriment of environment or to damaging our society and communities. So the definition itself of sustainability actually came out in the 1980s, and it's actually from the definition of sustainable development, which talks about development um, that meets the needs of us as the current generation without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. So it's really about saying how we're living today, what we're doing for ourselves today, cannot limit what our children, grandchildren, et cetera, will be able to do for their own lives. So that's where the sustainability definition comes in from. ESG is also uh, a word that is part of sustainability. So it stands for environmental, social, and governance. And because the finance sector has come in in a big way into the sustainability agenda, it's a term they're very familiar with. So that's why there's the ESG terminology that's used. But it still goes out to define the same thing as sustainability. What are we, what are you investing in? What are stakeholders interested in? is there that balance where preserving our environment, protecting and improving the well-being of our society, not to the detriment because we're just pursuing our economy and production and consumption.
0: So I don't know. I hope that gives you a little good sense. Very much so. And I think that sort of keeps it really in in the terms that everybody can comprehend and why, because, you know, with anything, people have different interpretations of definitions and what it means in the context of their business or their country or their continent and how it's applied. But, you know, in its essence, Things aren't as complex as they need to be. So being able to keep that balance and, and really sort of looking at it from that context, I think, you know, allows people to really understand why it's such a critical initiative and why every organization yeah. does need to have that focus on it. So from a macro perspective, you know, where do you see organizations at on their you know, sustainability journey? today like what's the macro overview from a global perspective and you know in 2023 coming off the back of the pandemic and and obviously so many other geopolitical issues happening around yeah. the world and then continuing to evolve
1: yeah so yeah that's a you know just by the issues that you highlight uh, I think that hits the nail on the head on where we at <laughs> this is where we should be so you know you look The reality of climate change that we are currently going through, there was the Paris Agreement in 2015 that said, you know, 196 countries said, look, we're going to commit to reducing our emissions and we want to keep global average temperature to 1.5. We -hmm. are at 1.2 today. Um, We're actually emitting more than we did before. Things slowed down in the pandemic, obviously, because a lot Mm -hmm. of life came to a standstill, but we're pretty much back to where we're at. So where are we supposed to be? We're definitely not there. There's still so much to do. And I think um, what's what's starting to land with people, which is a really good thing, is um, the interdependence between us and our environment. It's the air we breathe, the water we drink, the bees that pollinate our plants for the food that we eat, you know, so they're. The the reality of the synergy beyond the disasters that we're seeing with floods and, you know, fire and drought or famine, et cetera. There's a lot we have to do in the next decade, just looking from an emissions and climate change perspective. And then now there's things like the cost of living crisis or the inequality that became so stark during the pandemic. Be it on vaccination or when you think about it today, you know, um, there's a billionaire being produced almost every year, 26 billionaires or something like that. That's the statistic, you know. But for the majority of people, what's actually in their pockets is shrinking more and more. So there's a significant inequality, not just between countries, but also within countries that's becoming so much more exacerbated. And I think just using those two examples, it tells us, yeah, we're, we're not doing better. We're not making the progress that we need to make. Um, And I think, you know, the the intergovernmental panel on climate change reports that came out just in March tells us that we are it's this decade. You know, it's the next uh, decade we have to get it right on climate change. Otherwise, we put into into the system things that won't change for millennia. So it's uh, it's, uh, you know, make or break in this decade for, for really? the future of, of our children, et cetera. So there has to be a lot more momentum. We've started, we've started, mm-hmm. but everyone needs to start taking
0: action. So in taking that action, what are some of the key things that people can do at an individual level and then from our corporate level, in our corporate roles, what do we need to be doing to even, you know, push the agenda on a, on a larger scale, but to, to make some headway, you know, if it's a, a drop in the ocean, but if everybody collectively does something, we can make the most of this decade Because you know, pretty much we've all got children and we're all invested in being able to make sure that, you know, our grandchildren are around and, you know, and have a sustainable world to be able to live in and appreciate and the benefits that we've had. So what are some of those key things that we need to do?
1: Yeah, so I'll start off with what you said. You know, we're all at an individual level. We have kids, we have family, we want to make sure things are okay. One of the biggest challenges is actually us as consumers and our lifestyle, behavior and choices. Yeah, mm. Consuming too much and we just need to start finding that balance. And I know as an individual, we can feel it's, you know, the problem is so huge, we can't do anything. But if it's 8 billion people doing one thing at a time, then, you know, it's a significant, powerful change. Um, I think for for business... The critical thing is for them to also understand that, you know, when we're talking about sustainability, mm-hmm. we're not just saying it's a it's a nice to do. Of yeah. course, there's the mindset change that has to happen for, for leaders, et cetera. But if you look at your business model and you're fundamentally negatively impacting the environment or negatively impacting society, that's a huge risk for you for the next decade. So it's a question you have to start asking yourself as a business leader or a CEO, how long do I want my company to exist for and how sustainable is this business model? So if you're a beverage company, for example, we will soon experience because of climate change, water mm-hmm. crisis and there will be water scarcity. So what's your solution for, for water? Um, if your business model is based around beverages, you know. If you're a cement company or uh, in the building industry, emissions will continue to be regulated more and more as we move along. So what's your solution for, for cement or alternative building materials or energy that you will be using? It's, it's got to be something that you know, people and CEOs start taking a lot more seriously because it will impact their business. But industries are also, you know, starting to have that lens as well. So a CEO shouldn't feel like he's on his own trying to figure out what I need to do right. for my business. There's industries that are already mapping out these are the issues for an industri- our industry because the change has to be massive. You know, it has to be the to, to get us to the 1.5 uh global average temperature. There's got to be a huge systemic change. So. CEOs can look at what's happening in the industry and then take those examples because that's what the industry needs to start fixing and getting right. And do you
0: think that there's a lag between organisations looking at it from a profitability perspective. And, and that's why it's a nice to have as opposed to well, actually hang on a minute and particularly the, the macroeconomic financial environment that we're going into yeah. that they understand that if we are actually addressing sustainability issues internally, we can generate more profit from it. Is there a disconnect there? Is that why there's such a lag and we haven't made the headway or is that not the case that you feel Yeah.
1: Yeah. You, you've nailed it. So, Some of the the big challenges with the sustainability implementation is, you know, the idea of, uh, how should I put it, Um, infinite growth in a finite world. So we've had this business model and this understanding of economy that says we can keep growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. uh, But climate change tells us that we can't. So we're basically using our natural resources much faster than the earth can actually regenerate itself. So, infinite growth, finite resource, just don't go together. And so there's there's that tension from what we've always been used to doing as as business leaders in our economies, as citizens and consumers. We just know we can we can keep on doing this, but. This is the reality check now that it doesn't work like that. So there's still a lot of um, resistance uh, because we're always used to to keeping the same habits and doing the same things that have always worked before. But this is a you know this is a game changer. We have to do things differently, and so companies will often say, or business leaders will say, we don't have the money to do this. Yeah. We don't have the resources, etc. If you frame it that way, sure. But yeah, that's because you've been doing things in a wrong way for a long time and there was no consequence at that time, mm-hmm. you know. But now if you if you look at your your risks from that social and environmental perspective lens or your production and consumption from an economic lens, 10 years down the line, those things will be an impact for your business. So I think it's fundamentally shifting that mindset and saying what are the risks It's not just about producing and consuming. It's what's going to hit us and cost us because of regulation, because of scarcity, um, that's going to either help us evolve as a company to continue and produce new products and services or are we going to die out like other companies have done in the past because they didn't adapt.
0: I think that's one of the, the key points of being able to look at it as new market growth and new segment growth as opposed to, okay, just copying fines because you haven't complied or what have you, whereas you do hear some chatter of, uh, you know, if we have to have a fine for this, okay, it, it's not that significant, it's not that detrimental to what we're doing to yeah. push us to change, whereas some of those elements are going, well, you need to look at that longer-term view of, you know, what market offerings you've got or what, where are you getting that growth or how are you going to continue to hit these profit margins for your shareholders and, and those returns and those yields that are expected in even a five-year period, let alone a 10-year period, if you're not making that shift now. And, you know, we can start to see how things are impacting geopolitically that we have to reroute things from a supply chain perspective as well. So why this is... Mapped into various aspects, you just can't go from one continent to another just to sort of you know try to get a a cheaper source of supply. That's not the answer, Um, you know. And the governance issues will start to sort of clamp down on that as well as different free trade agreements. Let alone what's going to come over the next couple of years, particularly. But if people aren't doing some of those things, so for organisations that you know understand right, we need to take this a lot more seriously than just worrying about fines or even you know charging to to offset carbon emissions and expecting consumers to come up with it in various ways what's like you know the one key thing that they really need to focus on and how do they need to measure that so that they can actually articulate it internally and create that right strategy and then get the buy-in from whoever their teams and their stakeholders and even their market is to start to yeah. really shift the needle on this? You know, what's this one thing that everybody needs to be doing from a corporate perspective?
1: Yeah, so um, I'll phrase it this way. I'll say there, there are two things. You need mm-hmm. to understand your context as a business. Yeah. Um, what What's happening around you? How is your industry shifting? Uh, what's the regulatory landscape starting to look like? Yeah, you, you can't operate in isolation. It, it, it won't work. You have to really understand that uh, context, what's happening in terms of your, your your customers, your investors, what's shifting in their thinking. So that's the, what I put as the first step. And then the second step is something that's often called materiality. But this basically just means look at your business model and ask yourself, what are my social, environmental, and economic risks? and then like you highlighted which is really where the opportunity needs to start shifting and saying what are my opportunities as well right mm-hmm. and when you map these out because they're fundamental to your business model you start to see what you're address you need to address yeah. you know and from there then you can start acting on it you can start driving the agenda then you can measure your success because you can't measure success on something that you you haven't defined for yourself as critical, you know? So so those would be the two things um, that I would say fundamentally, understand what's happening around you, mm. figure out from your business model, what are your risks and what are your opportunities? Because like you said, I think there's the, you know, there's the regulation and there's the fines, but sooner or later, if your, if your model doesn't fit for the world we need in 10 years, 15 years time, then, then you're out of the game. So why not start now, making that shift rather than waiting for later? And I think this is a is a thing companies and leaders have to start understanding um, in a in a really big way. Uh, Ten years or twenty, thirty, which is eight years, is is a short time, um,
0: but so you need really to start is. moving now. Yeah, yeah. So I think you know the key takeaway from all of this is that organizations need to start looking at this in a commercial context as opposed yeah. to a nice-to-have, warm-and-fuzzy environmental context. You know, the, a lot of the, the chatter has very much been in the latter group as opposed to yeah. to drive this forward and to get the yields that we need and then being able to deep dive at industry, at government you know, and continent levels. We need to be looking at it as a commercial conversation so that everybody actually starts to understand what our responsibilities are and then drive that right through into, you know, so it's permeating from individuals as consumers pushing it back up to then forcing organisations to really make that shift and make it as quickly as as what the world actually yeah. needs it, so that we achieve Ex- these outcomes. Otherwise, we're probably not going to get where we need to get in a 10 years. Exactly. Year
1: Ex- exactly. And, you know, there's the Paris Agreement, which talks yeah. about uh, emissions and et cetera, which we definitely have to deal with. But another useful framework is the Sustainable Development Goals. So it's 17 goals which say these are the things we need to get right in the next eight years for us as businesses, as society, et cetera, to be in a good place. So there is a framework. There is There is clear KPIs. It has clear targets. So if you use that and you look at your business and say, okay, which SDGs or which, you know, sustainable development goal is important for Mm. my business model, it gives Mm. you a framework to start tackling things on. And I think, you know, there's a a survey that was done by Accenture and um, the Global Compact of like 2000 plus global CEOs across 120 countries. And they already highlighted that they're dealing with more than 10 different global challenges. So the whole idea of a business continuing the same way just can't happen. Sustainability has to be how you build the resilience of your business if you want
0: to go into the future. I think that's the key point. Sustainability has to be built into the resilience of your business if you want to continue moving forward. So Susan, if somebody Mm -hmm. wanted to reach out to you to get some more information to help them understand the context of their business and some of the things that they need to do, how do they get in touch with you? What's the best way to get your guidance?
1: Yeah, so um, my website, uh, uh, responsiblebusinessconsulting.co.ke because I'm based in uh, Nairobi, Kenya. And there's a form there with my contact details. That's where I'd send them to. Or LinkedIn, they can look for me on Susan Jiroge.
0: Fantastic. And we'll certainly put all your tags and everything into the video so that everybody can like and subscribe and share and and also reach out to on LinkedIn. Follow all of your hints and your tips and and certainly understand what the 17 goals are and and you know some of these key frameworks, which are out there that everybody can use so that they can be applied, because this is the reality of the situation. It needs to be a commercial conversation. It's, it's not yeah, like none of exactly. these have never been done. There are tools there for people to use. And, you know, look, I think we can certainly this is a conversation and a topic where we can get some curated or some more specific context information, particularly yeah. for the supply chain community and, and all of our clients and followers right. and, and supply chain um from all of our platforms and, and also all of, you know, the logistics executive group followers that we have. So we can certainly, you know, put a poll up just to see, well, from the audience, what are some of the key things that they're struggling with? Do they need us to have a deeper conversation and get some more right. guidance from you on particular aspects? Is it, you know, from an air freight industry or the, the retail and sourcing, you know, um, sector or is it possibly you know land transport emissions or manufacturing or moving things from china to, to africa continent issues or government issues um we'll put a poll up and just sort of ask some I of those questions i think that's questions. great and then that way yeah. we can deep dive or, or share a bit more insight specific to you know what some of the challenges are that our yeah. our followers are actually happening or having so we'll uh, we'll be able to take this conversation a lot further and hopefully get some headway so that um yeah to do what we can do and and add some value into the industry to to make a positive impact on that so thank you so much for joining me today susan and greatly you. appreciate your time and certainly the the conversations that we will be having as a follow up to this will um deep dive into a lot more aspects over that over the coming weeks and then create a bit of a series which I think will be quite interesting. For anybody else who wants further information, reach out to either of us on LinkedIn, um, follow Logistics Executive Group. There's also the Logistics Executive LinkedIn Group, the hub of your supply chain, where there's a wealth of information in there that you can um, retrieve or directly email one of us and then we can get all of those contacts and links through to you and like and share these posts. So that way we can get all of your teams and highlight yep. the agenda through your organizations and start to do what we can do as individuals in our own consumption and then our corporate roles of, of taking things further. But Susan, thanks for joining me today and thank you for speaking with us on Logistics Executive TV and we'll see you next time. Yeah, thanks Kath, it's been great to, to be here
1: with you. Have a great day.